Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James B. Frill. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. And with me, as usual, is my amazing co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Dean Holland. Hello, my friend. <laughs> hello, hello. So we we just actually saw each other. We did. And not yeah. for a webcam. Not through a webcam. You got married recently. So many, many congratulations to you and the missus. Thank you very much. And it was uh, obviously amazing for you guys to come over. I think that's really what people were celebrating while we were there, to be quite honest. Well, I've been looking for an excuse to get you guys to come to the UK for a long time. I just had to uh, involve, involve another woman in this. <laughs> it was a marriage of convenience, so to yeah, speak. Exactly. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been annulled already, or are you guys going to give it a go? No, I'm I'm single. I'm living alone. Life is wonderful. <laughs> and then you'll have another wedding at some point in the future when it's time for us to come back. Exactly, exactly. When I've uh, had another cake made for us all to eat. <laughs> I think we'll uh, I think we'll spare people the details of that commentary on your cake on Facebook. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what was wrong with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right well i guess i guess we'll I, I could set the stage for this people are used to us at this point so so dean dean and uh dean and his wife had this absolutely gorgeous cake and it was honestly one of the coolest things i'd ever seen um it it was you know multi-layered like you'd expect but it it was uh decorated with these sugar crystals that were um almost carved into the cake which made it look like the cake was made out of like this uh, granite or this, you know, quartz or some kind of rock. Mm -hmm. And and it just had like this part of the rock sort of exposed going from the bottom layer all the way to the top. Is that, does that sound reasonably accurate? I think you just described it perfectly to the point where I now understand what my cake was. <laughs> right. Well, and, uh, and so I remember walking in the room and I was like, man, this cake, like what on earth is this? It's so cool looking. And, um, and it tasted amazing as well. And, and, uh, I don't know about you. I know I ate way too much of it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but then a couple days later you posted a picture on Facebook, like, Hey, look at this cake. And, you know, everybody's <laughs> liking it and loving it and all these comments. And, and there's this one woman <laughs> who said, it looks like a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> What is like, this is so weird on so many levels. And, and it turned out you didn't, you didn't even know who this woman is. No, right. Yeah. I don't even know where she appeared from. I had a look and I'm like, oh, we're not even friends. I don't even know you. Yeah. So here, here's my wedding cake, everyone. Random person from Facebook. Oh, your cake's amazing. It looks like a vagina. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh and and then the comments on that thread were uh were just absolutely amazing <laughs> it was funny uh, so anyway you and your uh your wedding and your vagina cake were amazing and <laughs> really really glad that we could be there <laughs> right yes yeah me too me too it was um and and I guess uh, I guess kind of that's where a lot of this conversation is going to lead. You just so happened to pick up on a few things that were said about me by my best men that I do believe you would refuse to let go of. Well, I I was standing there, and you know, you you and I have gotten a chance, you know, to know each other pretty well, you know, through the show and outside the show and all this other stuff, but not as well as the people that you grew up with, obviously. Right. And, you know, so you had uh, a few best men at the wedding and they each gave speeches. And with each speech, I just (laughs) kept thinking about more and more things for us to talk about on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, and including uh, this one topic that I've just, I just put a pin in. I was like, as soon as we record the next show and it's just Dean and I, I really got to get to the bottom of this. And so... Um, so I guess at one point, and you're going to have to give me the story because this is a, this is a, I think the theme of this show is sort of war stories from, from, you know, the jobs and the businesses of our past. <laughs> right. um, and one of the businesses that you had early on, uh, was selling parakeets and here, well, in the U.S., we call them parakeets, but I was stood there while your best men were speaking, and I guess in the U.K., you call them budgies? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Little small birds that people keep as pets in cages. <laughs> All right. So let's just jump into this. Okay. <laughs> what, what happened here? Why were you selling budgies or parakeets? In the okay, first place. So, so we're going to have to go way back. Here. You, you know what's actually funny? Like, I'd actually forgot about this myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's actually, I, I think I'm kind of grateful that it came up just because it's a funny memory. But uh, so probably like a lot of people we know, I, I've, I've always been, you know, kind of a, a guy or even from a kid that, that wanted to make more money. I always wanted nice stuff. I was, you know, I'm not going to pretend I wanted businesses when I was a kid, but, you know, I always had these like things I was fascinated with wanting, you know, nice stuff in my life. I always, you know, I would go to car shows and all kinds of things. And so um, I was always from a very young age trying and doing different things to try and make some more money, you know, so um and, and and there's a whole array of things that I could probably go through, but the story we, we really want to talk about, of course, is is this one you're referring to. And so um, what had basically happened is I got this idea as a kid that I could convert this like um, garden shed in, in my parents' house into like this sort of bird sanctuary <laughs> type thing. And I had this... How old, gra- hold on. How, how old were you? Gosh, I must have been... Uh, maybe like 12. Oh, that's amazing. So, so barely, barely into puberty, Dean. Yes. Decided to convert the garden shed into a sanctuary. (laughs) And, um, so I got this idea and I started kitting out the the shed and we built this whole like thing. I remember my dad helped me and we had this whole thing and there I was ready to go. Now these are, I don't know if in the U S but certainly in the UK, like they're not an expensive pet they're like 
dirt cheap like a few bucks to to have one of these things and a lot of times you know like little old ladies would have one in a little in a little cage inside the house you know and they'd just feed it things and just look at it all day but um i happened to just discover as i started looking into this that there were showbirds okay that and there was this whole new world that opened up to me whereby instead of these like budget parakeets as you call them they were like show parakeets that were like had the like just looked more important and more special and these were like the high ticket budgie (laughs) the premium (laughs) bird (laughs) (laughs) the king of the high ticket budgies right you see i was in the high ticket game way before we even knew what it was (laughs) And uh, so I got my uh, my mum to take me to this huge like trade show that was taking place, um, like a couple of hours drive from our house. And we went there and there was literally like thousands and thousands of these birds and all this stuff going on. And there were these expensive pair of show budgies or parakeets. And I was like, this is it. This is my ticket to, to being a rich kid. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to buy these expensive birds breed them and then sell the babies for good big money and that was like the grand plan very good plan can you tell me can we rewind just one second what was the pitch like to your parents on all of this <laughs> if i'm honest i honestly do not remember i'd forgot this whole thing took place until that speech like it was one of my stories i took to the back of my head i think <laughs> That's why you go to people's weddings to find out stuff like this. Exactly. Or even go into your own to find out more about yourself. (laughs) And um, so what ended up transpiring, I bought these birds. I took them back, put them in this whole big thing that I'd built in the shed. And I got like all the equipment and everything that you needed to, to soak, to apparently like breed with these things. And um, everything seemed to be going well. Okay. They were laying eggs and, Everything was going good. And then the baby started hatching. And for some reason, and I, and I do apologize to our sensitive listeners, but um, they all started killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had like rogue parakeets that just murdered each other inside of my garden shed. How many are we talking about here? I know I had like a good eight to 12 at this stage. And you walked in one day and like, there's just, they're just lying on the floor. Just dead birds on the floor of the shed. Um, Now, obviously this is not a good outcome, right? And I I had no idea what was actually going on. So um, you might leave. (laughs) This is where the, the story just gets worse from here. I joined a a budgie or parakeet breeding club. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I've got to learn more about this. This isn't going to be as simple as I was thinking. I'm just thinking <laughs> throw a couple of birds in a cage and I'm going to get rich. <laughs> I should be <laughs> Please don't take that as a quote from the show anybody. <laughs> um And so I actually joined this thing. Now, incidentally, I don't know if you will have heard of him in the US, but uh, the the president of said budgie breeding club was a guy called Jeff Capes, 
who was the world's strongest man seven years running. <laughs> so, like, you have to picture this scene. You have me at, like, 12 years old with, like, the world's strongest man, this, like, giant of a man holding <laughs> these tiny birds. <laughs> um, with me trying to learn all about them. And, uh, oh, you know, I just remembered as well. I wrote an article and submitted it to this budgie breeding magazine and I got featured when I was about 13 years old in this magazine. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's all coming out now. But long story short, this venture didn't, wasn't a success for me. It, it didn't plan out to be the thing that, that changed my life. And um, I ended up giving everything away to a blind person. Hold on. Hold on. This why a blind person? <laughs> well, I didn't specifically choose them for this purpose. I uh I advertised them in a local newspaper and somehow some way that that was the person that kind of came contacted us and came and collected everything. I literally I was just like I gave it all away. I was like I can't do this. I'm useless. <laughs> no, hold on. I, I want to just zero in on something here. <laughs> We're uh, you know, obviously, you know, the movie, uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yes. <laughs> that scene where they give the blind kid a bird. Was that the same kind of bird? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave all your birds to a blind person. Yeah. And, um, oh my God. yeah, that was, that was another early venture of mine. That's amazing. This is an amazing venture. So, uh, so, so why, like you didn't get any useful tips from the, the budgie breeding group? Um, I did, but I, I, I just couldn't make it work. Like the same they, thing literally just kept happening. They just kept killing each other. Yeah. And I, I think maybe like, I think, I think maybe what I learned is that you had to actually keep them all separately instead of like one just huge thing. But I'm a oh, 12 so year old kid. I wasn't like, equipped for this stuff. <laughs> so they were basically just like in this shed flying around and they're all together. Correct. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you, the early the young Dean Holland didn't invest in cages for the birds. No, it was just like one giant cage. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I thought it would be easy, and and incidentally, yeah. that's kind of how I continued my career in businesses. Oh, this will be easy. Let me do this. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, you know, like that, there is there is some truth in that. Like everything from the outside always looks a lot easier than it is once you get into it. Right, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my challenges God. appeared, and uh, now looking back, it's kind of a funny story, I guess. I suppose so, and and I'm sure a handful of people will think we're insensitive, but that's okay. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> here I am laughing that your birds are killing each other. <laughs> yeah, I, we can't even say like, please note, no budgies were actually harmed during this. They were. They murdered each other in cold blood. <laughs> It would, have yeah. been a, it would have been a slow and painful death by, by parakeet beak. Do you, do you think that, um, do you think the, the high ticket budgies that you had uh, accumulated, they were just sort of uh, territorial? And if you had gone with the lower ticket budgies, they would have been fine? Maybe, yes. Maybe this was it. Like, because they walked around with attitude. Their like chest was all plumped up all the time. So maybe that was it. They just thought they were better than everyone else. Oh my God, man. Thank you for sharing that story. Cause I like, I didn't hear that story at the wedding. I just heard one tiny little snippet when <laughs> Dean was selling budgies and I made a mental note. 
I got to circle back on this one because uh, I know there's something there. <laughs> well, there you have it. There is another wild and wacky story of my my past life. Yeah, but you know what's you know what's funny though, and I think this is common um, amongst uh, almost all of the entrepreneurs that I know. I think obviously there's always exceptions, but there's always this early idea of enterprise. Like, how do I create something that's going to make me, uh, that's going to make me money? I, um, you know, I remember, I think I was a little bit younger than, than, uh, than when, when you did the budgie thing. Um, but over here in the States, I was, uh, I, I didn't really have like an idea. I just, I had my swing set sitting in my yard, you know, with the, the slide and the mm. swing rings and the monkey bars and all this stuff. And it was, you know, it was, you know, just sort of your average metal thing. And, uh, and I, I was probably about 10 and I, I think I'd stopped using it. Um, or I was using it from time to time. And anyway, my, my parents were out, which, uh, which they didn't really leave me home alone all that often, which might say a few things, but for some reason I was home alone. And one of our neighbors, you know, from down the road came, uh, came up the driveway in his, uh, his pickup truck. And he was like, Hey, he's like, you know, uh, where are your parents? And uh, I said, oh, they're out. And I don't know. He was like making small talk with me. And I didn't, I, I'm not one for small talk. So we're just sort of standing there and I'm looking at him like, well, now you know that they're not here. Like what else, what else do we need to talk about? I'm done. And he looked at my swing set and he said, well, uh, that's a really nice swing set. And I was like, thanks. Do you want to buy it? And I had no plans to sell the swing set before this. <laughs> And, uh, and he's like, Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't want it anymore. I was like, well, you know, I think maybe your kids would like it more and I'm not using it so much. And, um, and, and he said, you know what? I, I think I would like to buy it. I think you're right. I think my kids would really like it. And he's like, well, how much do you want? And I was like, make me an offer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, uh, 75 bucks. And I was like, done. And I shook his hand and I was like, let's get it out of here. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, God's honest truth. And, and like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, he's, he left, he drove down a driveway and then he was driving down the road. And I guess he passed my parents and <laughs> on the, and they're on their way home. And he's, you know, a little bit down the road now and they see him and they're like, oh, is that so-and-so? Why does he have why does he have a swing set in the back of his truck? And so they come they come, they come up the driveway and they come in the house and you know I'm unfazed by this and my money's already in my little safe that I have in my room. Yeah. And um, and uh and my parents were like, Why uh where is your swing set? What happened to it? And I was like, Oh, I just sold it. <laughs> and completely matter of fact. And, and, uh, and they're like, well, that was a gift. And I was like, I know. And now I don't want it anymore. So I sold it. And that was the end of it. I just didn't have the swing set anymore, but I was happier with my, uh, <laughs> my first sale. Nice. I thought you was about to say like, we just paid 500 bucks for that thing. <laughs> well, I know. I'm sure they paid way more than $75. I'm sure they paid hundreds of dollars or whatever it was at the time. Um, but, uh, but I was able to convert that swing set into cold, hard cash. Nice. And, I like it. Yeah. That's what I was optimizing for on that day. <laughs> yeah, you sealed the deal. I totally did. Yeah, super funny. I uh, I didn't even uh, have any plans to sell it, but I did. <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't nearly as creative as you with the whole budgie parakeet situation. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I seized the moment and, uh, and saw the opportunity and I took it. And I, you know, I think, um, but like I was saying, I think it's funny that, you know, most, most entrepreneurs that you talk to, you know, have just, I don't know, there's always been like, you know, something going on in their head that I got to figure out a way to make money. I got to figure out a way to do something. I got to build something. It's got to be enterprising, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think like you just said, I think if you, uh, like we kind of do on this show, in fact, a lot of our previous guests have always said like, oh, from a young age, I, you know, I would do this. So, you know, I would, you know, go around the neighborhood and cut lawns and all kinds of stuff, haven't we? So I think it is, it's definitely a, a common trait when you dig deeper beneath the surface, there's always something that triggered it somewhere along the lines from a young age. Yeah. And, and I think all too often, um, people sort of suppress that and, uh, and, and it, but it has to come out because it's part of like who you are. Right. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't know about you. I'm sure like, you know, for you, we've, you and I have talked, you know, many, many times about, um, you know, seeking help and seeking advice and hiring coaches and mentors and, mm. and all that stuff. But I think, uh, you know, for me, once I realized like, you know, I didn't have unlimited swing sets to sell and I needed <laughs> to start doing other things, you know, that's when I started like almost nagging everybody I would come across who, uh, who I saw as having some signs of success. Did you, did you do that? Like, did you just constantly start asking people how they did what they did or did you just try and keep figuring things out on your own? Yeah. So for me throughout, throughout life, like I, I actually used to be very different to now. Like now I, I, I make a conscious decision to read a lot of books and study a lot of people. I invest a lot of money in mentors and, and help and all that kind of stuff with my business. But actually for a long time in my life from, even from being a kid, like, and it, it was actually not a good trait looking back, but I was one of those kids that kind of like, and, and guys, even, even probably to my mid twenties, I always had to, for some reason, figure everything out myself. Like I always had to learn, well, how is that done? And instead of just being like, like I kind of am now, like, okay, I kind of get the overall idea how that works, but I'm certainly not going to spend the next year figuring it out. You do it. Like, um, right. whereas back then I, I would always study like, oh, how does that work? Or how is that done? And so, you know, I would always, for example, I always had a fascination with watching certain shows on TV where you'd have, you know, for example, we have something, I think it's similar to like Shark Tank in the US, it's called like Dragon's Den, where you've got these, yeah. you know, multimillionaire investors that, you know, people come in and pitch their ideas. And I'd always like, I'd always watch these kind of programs, but I'd always be the kind of person that would think, I don't really care about what the idea is. I want to know more about the, the dragon, the shark. Like, what do you do? How did you get in that seat? You know, and I, so I'd always have this fascination with trying to study people and try and learn what they did rather than kind of, you know, like most people watch those shows because they want to see like, oh, does this guy get the deal? Like, does he get an offer? I was more like, I don't care about that. I want to know about the person. Like, how did you get there? Um, and so that that's kind of like the way I used to operate is to to figure people out and and try and learn things myself and study people and study processes. But you know, kind of today, I'm like, I'm more like, no, I'm not going to spend my time. I'm going to just go to the person that knows or pay the person that knows. Um, so I guess I've changed over the last few years in that sense. Well, I think <clears throat> I think yes and no. Probably you just got able, you just got the ability to actually access those people. Right. Yeah, that's talk, true to do you know um because I, I i feel like uh very much the same for me as well um you know wanting to you know see see people drive by in a nice car and i was always like what the heck is that guy doing right like how, 
how did he do that? Or like, you know, somebody has like a, you know, big yacht or, or whatever. And I was just like, what is he doing? And what is he thinking about? And who is he talking to? And what's going on in his mind? And I remember, um, even like this one time I was in college and, uh, and I was, I was a pizza delivery guy. And, um, honestly, it was one of my favorite jobs ever because like I just drove around in my car and I listened to books on tape the whole time, right? Oh, nice. I was listening, to, listening to Tony Robbins. I was listening to, you know, books on negotiating. I was listening to books on sales. I was listening to all this, all this stuff. And so I loved it. Cause like, mm. I basically got paid to drive around and listen to these books. And, um, anyway, I remember pulling, pulling into, uh, back into the parking lot in the little strip mall where the, the pizza place was. And I see this, I'm like ready to walk back into the store and I see this guy pull in and it really, really nice Bentley. And I was like, Oh, like, I don't see those every day. And <clears throat> I walked up to him holding my pizza bag, my pizza, you know, my, I was Papa John's. I think you guys have that over there, right? Yes, we do. Um, yeah. yeah. So I had like my Papa John's shirt on my name tag and my hat and my, my little pizza bag that keeps the pizza warm when you deliver it. And it was empty. And I just walked up to him. I was like, Hey man, I was like, that's a really nice car. And he's like, thanks. And, uh, and I was like, what are you doing now? And he's like, well, I'm going to go in this other place. I'm going to eat lunch. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, have a good time. And I ran back in the Papa John's dropped my stuff off. I just looked at my manager and I said, I'll be back. Didn't tell him where I was going. Didn't tell him what I was doing or anything. <laughs> and I went next door to where this guy was eating lunch and he had, he had, uh, you know, ordered his food and he sat down at the table. <laughs> and here I am, the kid from the parking lot again. And I, <laughs> I come up to him, just sort of hovering over him at his table. And I was like, hey, uh, you mind if I join you? And he's like, no. He's like, go ahead. So I sat there for like 30 minutes with this guy and he ate his lunch. And, he, and I basically watched because I didn't buy anything. I just sat there and watched him eat. And I grilled him for those 30 minutes on how did you get the car? Like, what do you do? Like, how did that happen? Like, how did you start? Like all these different things. And it was just like, it's just that innate curiosity, I think, right. To right. figure it out and see how to get it to work. And I, and I, I've always found that, you know, uh, you know, talking with people and figuring out what they did is like the fastest path to figuring out how to do it on your own. Yeah, definitely. So I'm guessing a few weeks later, you started actually selling meth while you was delivering pizzas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was like, well, I guess you knew uh, about that part. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you got into the meth game. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, um, he was, uh, you know, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he, he took a liking to me. And, um, you know, he gave me his phone number. And I actually called him on the phone a handful of times after that. Nice. To, yeah, because I was thinking about doing real estate investing and all these other things. And I called him up just to like ask him for advice. And uh, he was very generous, uh, very generous guy. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. To be honest, I, I was a, I was ne I was actually a really shy, quiet person early on in life. Um, so I, I would have never had the courage to do that. <laughs> I just wouldn't. I could never even initiate conversation. You, you probably wouldn't believe like how I used to be. You must have been a lot nicer at that point. Definitely, yeah. People used to like me around a little more when I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was, um, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily uh, like extremely outgoing in that, like, I'm always going to be the first person to introduce myself or something. But um, in those situations, 
I was absolutely terrified. Right. Okay. Uh, to go and talk to this guy. I was like, oh my God, like, what if he doesn't want to talk to me? Or, you know, and at that point, I thought, you know, having more money made you better. And I didn't know that it doesn't. And so I was like, oh, he's better than me. And, and all this other stuff. And like, why would he want to talk with me? And so I had all these, all these fears and insecurities and, and everything. But I, I think my, my whole way of being for as long as I can remember is no matter how scared I get of anything, I think about like, well, will I look back on this and regret not taking the risk? And, and I knew that I didn't run across people who drove Bentleys every day. And I really didn't know how I was going to like make anything of myself. And like, I saw it like almost like it would have been like sand slipping through my fingers. And, and I was like, I don't care how scared I am. I'm going to talk to this guy. uh, Because if I don't like this moment will pass and I will not, feel good about myself mm. after the fact. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's, uh, that's, that's been sort of a, a philosophy of mine, but I definitely wasn't comfortable with it by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, great. Gosh, I feel like, I feel like we've opened a lid on something that we could just keep digging into here and talking about for, for maybe weeks. For weeks, but we'll, uh, we'll spare everyone the, uh, the other gory details of right. some of our I mean, we, we've had a uh, parakeet death. We've had, um, I don't know, all kinds of random stuff today. <laughs> we've had stalking in a pizza del- pizza guy delivery outfit. We've had the sale of a swing set. We <laughs> um, met the world's strongest man, and we're trying to learn about parakeet breeding from him. <laughs> um, and we uh, and we obviously covered the most important topic of the show, was which was uh, your wedding vagina cake. Yes, yeah, the vagina cake. Yeah, very pleasant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, but anyway, it's great. Uh, it's great to uh, get a chance uh, from time to time just have uh, these shows with you and I, and you know, uncover some of the mysteries. Definitely. Of, uh, Definitely. And you know what? Just a random thing. I know we can't shout out all of our listeners other than, hey, mom. Um, But um, I had a message the other day, by the way, James, from one of our listeners, a guy by the name of Bill, Bill Bateman, if if memory serves me right. And he just randomly messaged me and said, uh, Dean, don't take any any crap from James. He said he loves the tips. So uh, a bit yeah. of a shout out there to Bill. Uh, Bill, I'm trying my best, but you know what James is like. Unfortunately, we do have to put up with him. Uh, we just got to <laughs> kind of ignore most of what he says and just tune out a little bit somewhere along the way. Yeah, great. Now Bill's on my shit list as well. <laughs> I've written down the name. Um, I, uh, I should let everybody know, including uh, our, our whole audience, who used to just be your mom, but I guess Bill's listening now as well. Yeah. Um, I, met, I met your mom at the wedding, which was, you know, she was sort of like this... Uh, figment of your imagination and my imagination <laughs> right. before um and uh she's a very lovely woman so uh yes, indeed and she said oh this is to... the guy you're always talking about <laughs> yeah i have no idea how she put up with you for as many years as she has <laughs> uh, she's a very patient so, uh, lady yeah well that's that was evident and uh <laughs> and I'll, I'll give a shout out too i was talking with uh with somebody yesterday um pete metz um, who evidently I'm, we must have at least three listeners now that we can right. count. Yeah. And, um, if, and if, and if, by the way, if you are listening to this show, then feel free to just, you know, private messages, some bullshit, and maybe you could get a shout out too. <laughs> exactly. But don't give me your bullshit. Dean. Like, that's what I, <laughs> and I've had enough of yours. So, all right. Well, with that said, I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. 
As always, uh, it's a pleasure being here, um, which is something that uh, I'm forced to say, not something I truly believe. And uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll be getting on with the show. We've got we've got an amazing uh, amazing lineup of some new guests coming on that I'm super excited uh, for us to have here and uh, an interview and talk with on the show. And until next time. Signing off here, this is James P. Friel signing off with my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, wrapping up another episode of Just Tips. Talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.